0: Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. It's the network answer to The Sopranos. Tonight on NBC, The Sensitive Sopranos. Yo, Tony, you got
1: some time after you kill people today?
2: Uh, yeah. I figured I was gonna help you buy a tablecloth or something by the Bing. Oh, did I mention you look good with that gun? It brings out the color in your eyes.
3: Hey, Tony, you're so sensitive. I like that.
0: The Sensitive Sopranos tonight on NBC. You know that dead horse in the bed? It don't go with the wind. Treatments.
3: You're right. Maybe a
4: cow said it's something you think.
0: The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Viewer discretion is advised.
5: Drink to me only. That's all I ask. Ask. And I will drink too How long I've been on. When you're drinking, when you're drinking, the show looks good to you. When you're drinking, you get stinking. It helps your point of view But when you're sober The skies all seem gray When you're sober Life's a pain So keep drinking That's what I'm thinking Cause it's what I love to do I love Chicago. It's carefree and gay. I'd even work here without any pay. I'll lay you off. It turns out that way. That's why this gentleman is a tramp. My clever agent. He worked out this deal He said, go to Chicago It won't be for real And I believed him I'm such a schlemiel. That's why the gentleman is a tramp I love the free, fresh the Booze that you get so, woman dead. I'm flat. Take that. Last night, some girl gave me a green stamp. That's why this gentleman is a tramp. You sure you're all playing? <laughs> My wife just told me. Have I news for you The doctor's sure That I'm way overdue Wait till she finds out My girlfriend is too That's why the gentleman That is why the gentleman That's why the gentleman is Oh
2: succulent pirate radio hmm. why because deep down we're insensitive and robust isn't that why you're here and now uncaged and raised in a stress-free environment it's john miller usda certified and flogged across the thighs of guatemalan virgins here's
4: john
6: it's the john miller program with phil perrier uh, i want to welcome my new co-host phil how are you doing
4: I'm good, John. Glad to be here. How are you doing?
6: I'm doing all right. Just sitting back here, uh, hoping this is working. Of course, this is presented by RenegadeTalkRadio.com. I'd like to thank those people up there in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Thanks for, uh, well, this is actually one of my first bosses, company, and uh, he brought us on. I'd like to thank him.
4: Absolutely. Didn't now, I- John, do you, you want to give us a quick uh, history because you are the first podcaster I ever met, and that was more than twenty years ago.
6: Well,
7: um, it's been a fact.
6: It went by in a blur, Phil.
7: Um,
6: <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm sixty two, and uh, I've been in the business for about twenty seven years now. Uh, um,
4: uh, yeah. Like, how I- did you first? How did you first go from? terrestrial radio to a podcast.
6: Well no, I, I went from podcast to terrestrial.
4: Oh. Um, uh, I,
6: I I was watching a guy called Will Wilkins on playtv.com. It's gone now, but unfortunately. Will Wilkins loved that guy. And uh he introduced me to Paul McSween. Remember him?
4: Yeah, oh yeah, I know Paul.
6: Paul was great.
4: Um, rest
6: in peace, my friend. But uh yeah Will uh was like uh you you know I had a, I had a webcam and a plastic microphone from Walmart. And uh Will was like, Your shit's funny, but you need an engineer. I'm gonna send you one. And he sent me Paul McSween. Paul no kidding. He said, Yeah, he showed up at my door in a uh Astro van full of equipment. We unloaded everything, which was a couple hundred thousand dollars of equipment. Good God. Yeah, exactly. And uh I was like, God's going to take us forever to put back in the van. He goes, I'm leaving it here. I'm (laughs) like, we just met you fucking idiot. Long story story short, I had that equipment for a good 10 years before I moved to Phoenix. He moved to Phoenix. Um, and he's like, you got to come. I didn't have an engineer. I needed Paul. So I packed my shit and went to Beverly. Um, and, um, uh, we we went from there. We uh, we we were doing the, the John Miller program live from Scottsdale. It was a hell of a lot of fun.
4: That's when I first met you. I th- I was living in L.A. and I was I believe I was doing all comedy radio. Yeah. And I don't know how you heard about me, but next thing you know, I'm in. You know, I'm in Phoenix, and you're interviewing me. Actually, and-
6: I, I had your roommate on, and the and the deal was this guy give me if you come on my show, you got to give me a referral to the next guy. Oh. And that's how I got you. How about that? Yeah. Uh I forget your roommate's name though. Uh what was, was it, it Reno? Yeah. No, I don't think what was the
4: your There was a Vince?
6: No, it it's the guy who had the girlfriend from hell uh was spend on uh pay his rent with his daddy's credit card.
4: Ah. Uh. oh uh you, you got, <laughs> I don't know you you you
6: you you filmed the movie uh uh, oh, Dan. Dan Friedman,
4: yes. Yeah, no, he wasn't my roommate. He was just my friend.
6: Oh, I thought he was your roommate. All right. No, cool. He
4: and I did, like, a whole bunch of comedy gigs where yeah, he only... yep Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, in fact, we did the, the documentary film One-Nighters. And, um, yeah, he's still doing comedy. He's living in Ohio, where he came from. He went back to where he came from, like... He went back to where he came from. And to, yep, exactly. As did I when my... Uh, my mom died and left me a house in Atlanta and here I am. Free
6: rent, motherfucker.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have no mortgage payment. All you got
6: to do is pay taxes once a year, right?
4: Yeah. And that that's a serious kick in the ass right there.
6: <laughs> is it anyway? But, uh, yeah, that's how I, I found you. Uh, our first call first was, a uh, a video phone call, if I remember correctly. Okay. And, um, you were on the show and, uh, Somehow I, mean, I got,
4: you said you're doing a podcast, and I said, "What's a podcast?"
6: Yeah, you're like, "What the fuck's a podcast?" And I, it wasn't even called podcasting back then. I said I was doing a webcast.
4: A webcast, um, right?
6: Yeah, before that was before the word podcast ever came came out. Um, I was one of the first, yes. Um, I, I helped uh, a couple companies engineer uh, um, uh, servers so you could log in and do it. Um. Uh, and then I at that time, I was working for a a a printing company in in Scott in Kenby, arizona uh I hurt my back, and my girlfriend at the time, Michelle, you remember that crazy bitch, yep, right yep. Yes. she while I was fucked up in bed, I had no resume. She wrote a resume and did this all behind me sent it to a company called SurfNet Media Group. They were looking for for people and uh I got the job. I don't know how. It was my first job ever in tech, and uh, a couple months later, I became their first operations manager. Uh, you got to figure I'm not a college-educated guy. I just get in and do what I have to do. And um, Joe Falco, good. I just talked to him a couple of days ago. He'll be on the podcast during a couple of weeks. Uh, he was my boss. He was the one that hired me, and two months in, he made me the first in history operations manager of Surfnet Media Group. Um And I, I, I was just talking to him yesterday, a couple of days ago. And I'm like, what the hell were you thinking? He, he was like, look, dude, you didn't care who, the, whose toes you stepped on. You did the job and did it. That's why I hired you. I'm like, wow. And he goes, you, you wouldn't ask nobody. You just do things. And uh, I got my reputation from there. And uh, about, about, uh, during that time I was also helping a, a guy, Frank megarelli he's from the Bay Area here um, building uh, LPFM, a low power FM site called kwss.org uh, now and uh, worked for him for uh, I, I, I don't even say you can call it work I volunteered um, uh, helped uh, push the uh, licensing through FCC and uh, I remember the first night that he got the uh, the, the mail that said it's illegal, I turned on my shit and uh, started broadcasting on KWSS. Um, it wasn't, it was called something, the letters were something else at that time, it wasn't K, but KWSS came about two months later. Um, uh, KSKR, I believe is what it was, and um. The owner, Frank Magarelli, liked me so much. It was like your show was off the hook. And um, you can broadcast, you know, a couple days a week, whatever you want to do. So I did Thursdays. I did a, a, a one appropriate from FM radio on Thursday nights, the John Miller program with Paul McSween. And then Saturday nights, it was a John Miller. Uh, it was John Noah hosting late night with John and late night, you know, uh, there's after ten o'clock. There is a, you know, you could, you can, the FCC lightens up on you. They're not quite as, you
3: know, you know, yeah, attire.
6: You, you can, you can kind of say it's close to customers and not get in trouble for it. And uh, we did that from ten to two on Saturday nights.
4: You could say things like "Go fudge yourself." Yeah, yeah, but uh, I don't give, I don't give two shoots what you say, things like that.
6: In the beginning of KWSS, though. We did not have a, a, a delay, so if you if you were going to say something, you had to cover it up a fire truck. <laughs> and that first couple of months, everybody was saying "fire truck." Ah, go fire truck yourself!
3: Yeah,
6: <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, and I was in charge of, um, you know, I was the techie that made it all that pretty much made it all happen. Um, and then I hired on the brought on the first group of people. Um, which was, uh, we had like six hosts and their co-hosts that would come on, you know, all all week long. And, um, that's how I got into terrestrial radio. I was still involved in, in, uh, uh, webcasting. I was webcasting at voiceamerica.com and at my house. So, uh, each week I would log on probably for eight hours of webcasting and, uh, six to 10 hours of broadcast. yeah so but uh, you're that, like
4: you're like the Larry King of of webcasting.
6: I was you know uh or it's he, just
4: the sheer hours on the air
6: yeah I was just trying to you know I was just trying to get time under my belt that's all it was. I'd already had a couple of three years of webcast Under my belt before I made the Phoenix um but uh, yeah we went from there the show the late night show was a favorite amongst all. Um, everybody in the valley loved it. And I would do uh, I do sh- I I at that time uh, was leasing a club called the Sets in Tempe, Arizona, and uh, I I used to do this comedy show on Thursday nights, and then we'd have the headliners uh, Friday and Saturday night, um, which was incredibly cool. Uh, the people there there was a sublease; these people actually I can't remember her name. But she had heard my stuff over KWSS. All of a sudden, I got a phone call from, you know, an unlisted number. I picked it up. I'm like, who the fuck are you? Why are you bothering me? And it was her. Um, and she like, you're funny. You want to do some stuff with the sets? I'm like, what's the fucking sets? And then I met with her in a huge club, huge fucking club. You could put 10,000 people in this place. And um, I did events uh, once a month with KWSS. And uh, they, they basically split the bill. Um, and um, we were having concerts and comedy. And that was the first place I actually got the book big names. I had uh, uh, Ron White with my first headliner. Oh, nice. Uh, I got that through a friend of a friend. Um, and we had a, you know, a bunch of different comics along the way. I was there almost five years. And then there was some kind of... Uh, embezzlement going with Surfnet Media Group. And I happen to be the guy that signs stuff. And there's this unexplained $2,500 in my bank account. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting arrested for fraud in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. And, uh, uh need to say by the time I got to the court, I'd already been doing a, another show on Saturdays early morning. Uh, from eight to ten, uh, I forget the station's call letters, but I was doing a tech show, and um, I one day when I went in there the first day I went in there, there was Sheriff Joe O'Pile's fucking portrait, on a, a, a poster behind, just sitting right behind the host chair. I'm like, that's gotta go.
4: And now he was, as I recall, he was called like the toughest sheriff in America. Yeah, right? that's right. He was an asshole. He had he had he had convicts in living in, in tents. Tents, yes. In pink underwear in 110 degree you know weather.
6: Exactly. Well, the pink underwear didn't come along right away. That's okay. a whole other story. But yeah, once once that that story broke, all the commercials because I you know I programmed the commercials and did some of them. And um, long story short. We had a commercial every holiday that, you know, big people would be out drunk and drinking and driving. I would say it's not worth, uh, drunk driving is not worth wearing pink boxer shorts over. <laughs> and one day I hear this knock, knock, knock at my door. And it sounds like they're going to break it in. I was actually doing my Thursday night show and there was four, uh, Sheriff Joe Apio of his posse and telling me that I need to take these commercials down. Joe don't like them. I'm like, fuck Joe. Closed the door and went back in. to my Good for you know, you. I, I I was wearing a lavalier, uh, you know, wireless microphone at the time doing because we had two microphones, a main microphone and a lavalier. Uh, that, that's Paul. Got to have a backup. And yeah. Paul had turned on the lavalier. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? I, I didn't do anything wrong. And they're like, well, we're here for Sheriff Joe Apollo. He wants you to take those commercials down. I'm like, tell him to take me to court. Well, next thing you know, Judge a millionaire. I'm sitting in the Phoenix holding cell uh, uh, right before one of my shows. And uh, I'm like, can we rush this along? Don't you know who the fuck I am? And the one guy, yeah, we know who you are. Sit down and relax. About an hour later, I finally got released. And, uh, well, the charges were fraud, mismanagement of money. I mean, they had me for 10 years in in, uh, Phoenix prison. And I was like, oh, fuck, I haven't been in trouble in a long time. This sucks. Went back home, got on the air, started telling everybody about what Sheriff Joe had just done to me. Um, and Do so I mean, so you think
4: that, like, Sheriff Joe had somebody put the money in your bank account?
6: I'm, I'm not sure where that $2,500 made it into my savings account. Uh, I, I'm pleading the fifth still today. But I went to court, uh, you know, three or four times, had to go to court. And the day of sentencing, I, I was shitting myself. I thought I was going to prison, and they gave me an option. The option was to leave, uh, and what 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 the judge says, you can go back where you came from. I swear to God. And um, I, I threw the last party at uh, the sets.
4: No so they're like, you can either go to jail or get the or, hell out of town. Yeah, exactly.
6: Wow. And, uh, and I was like, you know, I would
4: get the hell out of town.
6: Well, that I threw my last party at the sets on New Year's Eve. We had, uh, who do we have as a band? I forget the band's name. They were inside rocking the place and outside. We had to put a fence all the way around this big strip mall parking lot. We had Girls Gone Wild, uh, uh, filming their last, uh, uh, film video, uh, yeah. It was uh what a night, I'm telling you. Uh everybody was coming up to me and giving me hugs and buying me drinks and we were broadcasting live and it was it was a great time. You know, I I wake up in the morning, I go back to this back to the sets, you know, I'm only living like a mile away. And I get back and like, I got to go look at this. And people were using you know the concrete stops that it, that you you know, park up against in the uh parking lot. Uh those concrete bumps, there were people so drunk, they were using those as pillows. Good God. (laughs) There was like 100 100 people still there in the parking lot, throw up everywhere. I'm like, it must have been a good time. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, uh, the next day, uh, on, uh, well, a couple of days, I promised that I'd leave on the 3rd of January. So the morning of the 3rd of January, I had a number I was supposed to call. I call this number, and uh, a sheriff shows up out in front of my house, one of Joe Pyle's sheriffs, uh, shows up. There's four of them in the cop car, and I come out the door, and uh, uh, the the, the sheriff looks at me, are you ready to leave now? I'm like, no, but yeah, let's go. And I was running. At that time, I had my hot rod SHO Taurus. It was a you know, nine hundred horse V six aluminum all overhead valve hot rod. And um uh, I got out on the freeway at first, uh you know like fuck it, I'm hammering it. And I I hammered it, and next thing I looked at my the lights and I slowed it down and they let me go. They literally followed me to the state line. Wow. Um, and how far uh,
4: was that from where you were you I was
6: about a hundred miles. You got cops
4: escorting you the hell out of the state.
6: Yeah, wet, wet lights. Wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just crossed the 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 uh, state line. There's a place you can park there, like a rest spot. I pulled over and the sheriffs did not drive across the line, but they, they you know, did the and flickered their lights and turned around and went back home.
4: Damn. So in other words, you got kicked out of Phoenix or out of Arizona because you pissed off Joe Arpaio.
6: I believe that's what happened.
4: Um, yeah, uh, go back. Well, he, to he ran that. I mean, he was like kind of like the king. He was like the the mob boss of Arizona. dude. He
6: he was crazy. He 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 owned people's pockets. He was he he had been a sheriff for twenty years, twenty five years or something. Unheard of amount of time. I think he was the longest running sheriff ever in the United States.
4: Did, did you ever actually meet him face-to-face?
6: Yes, I did.
4: What um, was
6: that one? Like? Um, he goes, he, he ended up at one of my uh, parties. Uh, with, you know, comedy, he was one of the guys sitting down watching the comedy. Uh-huh. And uh, the the people at the window didn't charge him, and he came in with two of his posse. And they stood in the back of the room while he got in the second row uh, the you know commie thing commie project and uh, I look down and I'm like hey I'd like to welcome Mister sh- Joe pile the fuckface sh- the fuck face sheriff of this town people just start fucking roaring
4: you said uh, you said you called him a fuckface
6: yeah I did
4: wow and what did what, what was it? what did did his expression change
6: oh he at that point if he had if he could have shot me he would have. <laughs> I asked him to stand up and take a bow to all the people around him. He did stand up. He didn't turn around, but he did stand up. And he pointed his finger at me like, you you just wait.
4: Yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah,
6: I got your number kind of thing. I I, I bowed to him. Um, long story short, um, what's the hell? Uh, I'm not going to upgrade now. But, uh, yep. Um, so that's how I made it. Anyway, we're up against a break, my friend. Okay. Uh, So we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in about 10 minutes listen to our comedy bits and our music. And we'll be back here in about 10 minutes. I'm John Miller. I'm Phil Perrier. And you're listening to the John Miller program live from Las Vegas, Nevada. We'll be right back.
2: It's better than a runaway romp to sunny Barbados. It's the John Miller program.
7: have a new sponsor they just came on etard.com
0: that's right
8: remedial dating has never been easier etard
3: i like long walks on the beach evenings at home and pudding
9: i like blocks
8: i like
7: he doesn't (laughs) know what he likes he's stupid go to etard.com
9: hey
1: everybody i'm doing it i'm doing it look at me i'm doing it i have
10: to ask my mom first
8: we can have our first date at Mongoloid Barbecue, And this is the
7: quality dating you can get on etard.com. Let's Rocks. get married. I like trucks. I like to spill, spill pizza <laughs> on my face.
8: That's right. Romenial dating has never been easier. Etard.
7: Go on etard. Go on etard and do it. Rub it. Touch it. Go to etard.com.
11: Hi. Nick and Sonny Love <laughs> here to tell you that we just bought the Dickens Fruit
9: Company. For years, the makers of Dickens Orange Juice and Dickens Lemonade.
11: Yeah, because we felt there was a gap in the market that needed filling, so to speak.
9: So, we asked the company's founder, Anita Dickens, to come up with a brand new apple drink. And before we knew it, we had our Dick, dick Insider. cider <laughs> When she's really parched, say open wider, she's gonna want a big Dick Insider. <laughs> our new drink
3: is aimed mainly at the active
9: young female market.
11: I mean, what health-conscious woman of the 90s wouldn't just love a big... Dick and Cider.
9: That's right, Nick. Scientific studies have proven that even a small Dick and Cider can relieve stress in most gals. Exactly.
11: And at your next party, why not try serving up a hot Dick and Cider? Hey, Sonny, great bash, but it looks like your little lady could use another hot Dick and Cider. Mind if I do the honors?
9: Sure thing, Nick. What are friends for?
11: Hey, 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 thanks, Sonny. Plus, Dick and Cider goes great with mixers, like 7-Up.
9: I know my date just loves 7-Up and Cider.
11: (laughs) Good point, Sonny. And hey, even though Dick and Cider is loved by women everywhere, It's great for us fellas, too. Right, Sonny?
9: So true, Nick. I know once I have my dick and cider, I feel better almost immediately.
11: (laughs) And fellas, feel a little adventuresome? Why not let your dick and cider age for three weeks to turn it
9: hard? My date actually prefers a hard Dick insider. and
11: Cider. Hey, in this day and age, when a girl is concerned about what she's putting in her body, she'll just love swallowing down a huge Dick and Cider.
9: It's all natural. You bet. Every Dick and Cider will give her a big old load of protein. And hey, gals, it comes in quartz.
11: Yeah. So, fellas, pick up some Dick and Cider for your honey, Yeah,
9: you can either get a dick insider bottle, or do what I prefer, get a dick insider can.
11: (laughs) Either way, tonight give your sweetie a big dick insider. Cause if you don't, we will. Why? Because we're the Love Brothers.
8: D i c k e n s, dick insider is the best. Help me, I can't come. Help me
12: out there this evening. Okay,
11: we've got uh, Eric and Scottsdale here on line one. Eric, welcome to PC Chat. What can we do for you today?
13: Oh, uh, not much, guys. i got a co- question for you. But uh, first of all, your uh, producer mentioned that the, there's the Trivial Trivia
12: question. You want to play some <laughs> Trivial Trivia, do you? I'll
13: play some, play some Trivial Trivia, sure.
12: Okay, well, it's, 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 it's almost <laughs> trivia. The question is, <laughs> the Free Software Foundation develops a Unix-like environment called GNU. What does GNU stand for?
13: Oh, you guys
12: had to make it easy. GNU stands for GNU's Not Unix. <laughs> Whoa. There you go. We got another nerd on the line, Nick. There we go. Ringer, well, ringer. Congratulations. We're going to be, uh, chugging on some good coffee or espresso over there at Coffee Works in Chandler. You got four passes here for free coffee and free espresso. Ooh. Nice job. Fantastic. That'll keep you up late at night when you're mm-hmm. doing like oh, hacking yeah. type stuff. That's that what you I have to do. <laughs> so what else can we help you with?
13: Well, i got a question about the uh, streaming media and the Linux operating system. What I'm doing here is I'm running uh, Debian, Debian, excuse me, Linux. My buddy would beat me if I said that wrong again. And, you know, I'm trying to watch streaming media programs. Like I'm trying to hear, you know, like the John Miller radio program on voiceamerica.com or fccfree.com or the John Miller program or stuff like that, you know. Anyway... <laughs> Is there any open source application that would just kick real networks in the butt and allow me to view real media streaming source over the net?
11: Um, real is proprietary. I have no idea if, they've ha- if they have anything uh, or if anyone has made anything open source that will read that. I've, okay. Personally, I've never and, heard of anything that does.
13: And another thing, too, is I'm running an 802.11b network mm-hmm. around here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it... it somehow for some reason it wants to get clogged like whenever i want to watch john miller program it wants to get clogged oh up whenever God. i try to, uh, yeah. try to uh view the real um, media files it just my network goes all to heck is it
0: Okay. Well,
12: enough well, of that. You might want well to go watch the John Miller program a little bit more. and uh, <laughs> mm. Maybe you could uh, buy some sponsors from the show. We can plug him a little bit more, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, depending on how much you want to pay us to plug uh, John Miller <laughs> sure. show. Well, we are. Uh, now, three times myself. Will. Would you like to plug him a little bit more,
0: Nick? <laughs> <laughs> John Miller, let's watch him. Boy, oh, on. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.
2: We're back. And welcome back to the John Miller Program, winner of the 2003 and 2004 Golden Web Awards. And it's the longest-running live webcast. Here he is, John Miller.
6: Welcome back to the John Miller Program. I'm John Miller. And I'm
4: Phil Perrier.
6: And, uh, of course, you're listening to this program live, indirect, offline. A RenegadeTalkRadio.com. If, you, if you're trying to find uh, more of my stuff, just search the John Miller program and you'll find a couple things there. There's an old show there. There's a, there's an interview, um, of, uh, uh, one of the, a couple of the guys who, uh, uh, bought SurfNet in there. You, you can just search the John Miller program. Anyway, we're back and we were talking about history about, uh, good old John here, right?
4: Yeah, the the history of John Miller, you know Phoenix, Joe Arpaio, etc. All
6: right, so now we're uh, we're in San Francisco. I had never lived there before, but was born there.
4: It's Like what? So okay, so you 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 flee Arizona. Why did you decide on San Francisco?
6: I don't even know. Well, because there was a friend that would give me a place to stay. But you know, I was born there. So I was like, it's time for me to live there. Okay, and. Uh, you know i i was uh in my mid 40s at that time and uh moved to san francisco and um i took a job a couple of tech jobs but uh, ended up working at microsoft as a uh server engineer and i had that career that job for about 10 years during that time i was still wanting to do the podcast i i became a part of pirate cat radio Pirate, Pirate Cat Radio was a pirate station. Um, huge, huge name. Um, at that time, uh, it wasn't huge yet, but I, I got hired to make it huge and be the uh, engineer of the place. Um, uh, Daniel, I'd like to thank you for that. Um, and, um, so, uh, I'm, I'm on my part, uh, on my evening, evening hours, i would be doing, working at Pirate Cat. And during my day hours from uh, 9 to 5, I'd be working at at, uh, Microsoft. And I worked on the ninth and 10th floor on the corner of uh, uh, 5th and Market in the mall, which is getting ready to be uh, uh, demoed here soon. Unfortunately, uh, uh, the people who owned it can't uh, can't afford it. There's nothing in it. You know, uh, San Francisco went bad. About 10 years ago, it started. And um, what
4: do you mean by went bad?
6: I just people coming in, you know, the millennials coming in and not like, oh, we don't like this place. Buy it and turn it into a coffee shop. Uh, that that went on for you know a lot of the venues that I you know could just make a phone call. Hey, hey, Joe, I want to rent it on blah blah day. Cool, no problem. Now if I go to that place, new ownership. They all of them want well, it's this much money. And you're not gonna make that much money on that event. There's no way. I know this because I used to do events in these clubs. And uh the one the one club, uh DNA lounge, loved that place. I used to rent the small room, which will hold about five hundred people. Uh, and we did some big name bands in that place. Me and Phil Tool, my my ride or die friend. Uh, I found out he's my last ride or die friend from the, from the era. But anyway, long story short, uh I wanted to do something for the station after COVID. And I'm like, I'm calling him up and I'm like, you know, I want, I want to rent a small room. Uh There's Guy there. Well, Guy is no longer in charge of booking. I'm in charge. And it's going to cost you X amount of dollars to get the room. I'm like, that room won't well, even close to come. I don't care if you're charging twenty five bucks a head after you pay for bands and everything. It, no way well, we don't care. Uh, I want to talk to the Guy and I'm the, the, like, no, he doesn't do this, so I'm not gonna put you in touch with the guy. Might well go fuck yourself then. And uh uh needless to say, um we haven't done any more events, but with the show firing up, I'm gonna probably put on a couple events. We'll figure out how to get you out here to California somehow so you can be part of it. But um, yeah, I miss those events. They were good times. Um, and uh, I I, I want to get back to doing that kind of stuff again. But here we are in San Francisco. Unfortunately, I started a company, uh, Waywack, um Media Group. And Waywack Media Group uh, uh, created fcc free radiocom which was around for almost 14 years. That website would get 100,000 page views a day. Good God. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and it didn't take long for a couple a of couple, years, uh, you know, it just, you know, trickle in. But about year two, that's when we started hitting the big numbers. And um, I basically you, you would rent the space, for, you know, at least the, the airtime from me. And we'd do everything for you. All you had to do was post on the front page, it goes to all the social media sites. As soon as you press post, it was a badass motherfucker. Anyway, unfortunately, I ended up paying, uh, well, I had a quarter million dollars in this thing in you know, 13 years, but during COVID, we couldn't have radio shows because you, you couldn't have people in close proximity. Yeah. So I, I basically had to shut it down. There were a few shows going, but you know, it, it takes more than two or three shows to pay the bills. I've been paying the bills out of my pocket for, you know, 13, well, 13 years, I was throw in what, what we missed. But during the last 18 months, I basically paid for everything. I ran a, you know, my, my accountant called me up and said, John, I'm like, yeah. He goes, I think I'm going to have to cut you off. I'm like, what do you mean cut me off? He goes, yeah, if you keep spending the way you're spending, you'll be homeless by, by the time you're 70. I'm like, Kind of thought about it for a minute, you know, my doctor. Well, you
4: know, in San Francisco, though, you'd fit right in, right? Uh, I, I,
6: guess so. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, uh, I thought I was like, hang on, let me think about this. He, he goes, what is there to think about? Does John nowhere want to be homeless and living on the sidewalk along? And, uh, maybe you'll have a tent, but I can't guarantee it. And I'm like, uh, my doctor has always said you will I asked him, you know, a couple of months earlier how long am I going to live? Because, you know, I've had open heart surgery. I've had some oh. shit go down and he goes, you should make 70. i like, okay. And I'm, and I'm thinking about that. My, like, my doctor says I'll make 70. I can live until I'm 70. He goes, I don't care what you're thinking and what math you're doing. I'm cutting you off. Like, oh, fuck. All right. So, um, I went for a couple more months. I charged it on cards that he hadn't cut off yet. <laughs> um, and next thing you know, um, I'm in the hospital doing this yearly check for my heart. You have to go into the hospital. They they, you know, make sure that you're not, you know, stressed out. They give you, you know, they take care of you. Yeah. And I'm in my hospital room. I'm like, I get a call from the, the landlord. You need to come in here and chat with me. I'm like, well, you know, I'm in the hospital. He goes, Yeah, I know, but we need to chat. I mean, what we can't chat on the phone. We've we've chatted on the phone before. I mean, why you just need to come in? So in the the next morning, I check myself out, even though I'm only one day into my test, you know, you're going to, have to come back and start over again. I'm like, yeah, okay. So I get there and um uh I have this meeting with the, with the owner and he's telling me, Hey, you got to go. Can't, you're always late on your rent, which I wasn't. His assistant, Eric would always get the rent 10 days before the first of the month. And one day he asked me, he goes, why do you pay your rents so over there? I'm like, I have to have a place to make money and this is that place. And he just kind of laughed. Anyway, um, supposedly I've been late on months and months of rent. I owe him back rent. I this that. And he wants me to leave. I'm like, what the? Anyway, long story short, that April, I stopped paying, paying the rent. I stopped paying everything. I just let it all crash. Um, and, um, long story short, I never got served, but she told me there was a guy looking to serve me. Never got served, never saw any paperwork. But about five days later, I get a call from him. He goes, I want to I talk to you. I'm like, what the hell do you want to talk to me? You always kick me out of my, my thing. He goes, I want to talk to you. I really want to talk to you. I'm like, well, why can't we talk? He's like, I want to talk to you in person. All right. So I I've got a little uh portable recorder that I got in my pocket. I'm recording this this time. And he goes, I kind of feel bad. I'm like, feel bad about what? He goes, well, how much would it take for you to go away and feel good? I'm like, what do you mean? I, I owe you back rent. You're telling me I'm not paying my rent and you're going to give me a check? He goes, how much do you want it to be? Uh, so, I said about $4,000. I, I didn't think he'd take it. <laughs> sure shit, pulls out his the checkbook of the odd fellows and starts writing this check. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? He goes, I'm doing what I got to do. I'm like, what? Why? Anyway, long story short, I took the check, and uh, so
4: he's evicting you and giving you money.
6: Yeah, that's what I'm still confused. That, yeah,
4: that's a <laughs> that's a that's a good deal. I mean, I, I'd rather not get evicted, but you know,
6: his, his cousin Matt, which and I, him and I became good friends, drinking buddies, doing coke together. We we hung out. He would. I call him up, say I need this stuff. He would show up that night. I never even paid this guy, and he did hundreds of thousands of dollars of work for me, and wow. not, not once did he charge me. But I would buy the beer, you know. Sure. Um, but anyway, we're, we're he's still scratching his head. He's like, and then I told him about the check because he never heard about the check. And He goes, "Yeah, he he set you up," and uh, we won't say the. Asshole's name, but there's another wannabe competitor in my place. And um, uh, needless to say, there's no more FCC free radio. Um, And I say, all the hosts and uh, the landlord killed the place. I'd like to thank those motherfuckers uh, for making my life fucking miserable.
4: (laughs) But it's better now, I hope.
6: I'm still, you know, I still owe money um i'm still paying off you know the cards i still i i own by almost forty-two thousand dollars in credit card bills um i'm down to about half of that
4: um, good good
6: so it's it's going down uh my credit rating is somewhat back because i've been making the payments on time
2: good, good. um
6: it, it went from an 803 to a 401 overnight and uh all, I had like 10 credit cards and all of them got canceled all at the same time including my pet's charge card um her her vet call you remember uh, miss Kitty right yes well unfortunately she died and oh, uh, I, I have a new kitty she's a uh she she's actually like an aka you know special kitty she's a snowshoe Siamese that calicoed out huh. she weighs 22 pounds she's a good she, god. And she's spoiled with a rat. And her name is Luna. And, is, she, uh, is
4: she fat or just big-boned? She's
6: she just big-boned. Uh, that's what she'll tell you.
4: <laughs>
6: but, uh, but, but she's got a little belly. You know, when a cat runs and the belly goes out the back.
4: Yes, and in Siamese, they kind of have that little gut.
6: Yeah, well, she's got that gut. And uh, she's sitting here uh, sleeping right now, thank God, um, because yeah. normally she won't leave me alone. She loves her human more than life itself.
4: Oh, that's fantastic!
6: And uh, at night, my
4: cat doesn't give a rat's ass if I live or die.
6: Oh my, dude! This one, I swear to God, she at night when we go to sleep, um, she will wait until I settle down. She'll be on the foot of the bed, and once I settle down, about ten minutes in, she'll come up and curl up right next to my left side. Where you know, I mean, just this cat purrs in her sleep. She loves her human.
4: That's fantastic,
6: and she has blue eyes that would. Yeah, death, they're, they're like neon blue. Wow! And so our nickname is Old Blue Eyes,
4: just like Frank Sinatra.
6: Yep, yep.
4: Now, um, you know, you knew uh, Robin Williams, right?
6: Yeah, I, I did meet. I, I actually had his personal phone number for a while until he, up until he died. Uh, I used to be involved. The, the radio station used to be a sponsor of the thing called Comedy Day. Yep, It's coming up here in a couple of weeks. I'm gonna go. Even though I'll probably be kicked out. But um,
4: well, why, why do you say you'll probably get kicked out?
7: Well, I, it seems but,
4: that seems this, that this kicked out thing seems to be like a recurring theme with you. People don't like me. Well, you yeah. seem like I mean, I like you. It seems like Paul, like everybody I know who, who knows you likes you. Yeah. But, Williams liked you, right?
6: Well, there's a story to that. I showed up to the first comedy day, you know, back, you know, t- you know right when I first got here. Hi, a motherfucker. And drunk and I do. dude, some of the pictures are outrageous. I'm with with with, with, with uh this redhead that was my co-host, uh Chanel, uh Chanel, um beautiful girl, and uh she was a comic. I you know, I'm I'm thinking, you know, I'm a comic too, because I, you know, I do comedy radio. Anyway, long story short, we get there. I you know, it's an open bar, they call it the company picnic. I became known that uh, I was uh, one of the the sayings was I'm a honey I'm I'm a bear in honey when it comes to free beer.
4: <laughs>
6: and they'd actually order a, 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 a well, little you, bit you more. You can
4: smell free beer from miles oh, away. Yeah. Oh yeah, gravitating towards. I it.
6: always had a beer in my hand. <laughs> always, I actually had a guy called the Beer Guy that would go get me another beer when one started getting low. <laughs> I swear to God, I, do you remember Beer Man?
4: I do not recall beer man. He was
6: one of my he was my neighbor. He was one of the first you know, fixtures of the show way back in the day. Okay, he, he showed up a beer. He always had a beer. And one day, it was like we're going to call you beer man. Sure <laughs> shit, it stuck. But anyway, long story short, I'd always have a beer in my hand. Um, I wouldn't eat. I'd just drink beer all day. Yeah. Anyway, that that you know, I had a guy who at first. What hand Robin Williams a cell phone uh, when he in, as he goes into the porta potty, and he actually was on my station live with a flip phone from the porta potty. Um, <laughs> it was it was hilarious. Long story short, I I waited for him outside the uh, the bathroom a couple of times. I'm like, hey, will you come over and be on the radio station? He's like, no, uh, I just was. He goes, hit me up next year. I come up to him next year. Hey, come on, you know I, I'm i waiting for him to come off stage. At this point, he, he was like, "Don't come here. Don't come back here next year if you're you look like you do now." I was tore back. I was having a good time. Yeah, and I was at the company picnic. What the hell, you know? Anyway, long story short, after about uh, four but he years,
4: instinctively could tell you were ripped to the. Oh beginning. yeah,
6: because because he you know he went through those yeah. through that
4: too. He had a cocaine period, I believe.
6: Oh, yeah. He, he saw me, and he knew what was up. Anyway, long story, he comes up to me. He goes, don't come back here next year if you're like this. And hands me his number. He goes, you need anything, call me. I'm like, wow. Holy fuck. I got Robin Williams fucking number. I, I immediately called it. And he pulled a cell phone, that I, I hung up. I'm like, holy shit. Anyway, the next year, he did uh, uh, the people who run it, uh, uh, D.D. will 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 leave it initials. That was the person who did, you know paid for it, guy you know, made it happen. Anyway, um she was pissed that I, you know, I was hanging around with Robin Williams, and Robin Williams is a knowledge of me and there's pictures of me and Robin Williams. We look like fun, uh, uh, Dad and son. I mean it's fucking hilarious.
4: I know I've seen pictures of you guys together and you look quite chummy.
6: I have a picture of him and I with BD with her fucking burning eyes right behind us. It's fucking hilarious. But yeah, she didn't like that. You know, him, him and I had become buds. Uh, anyway, I had him on a couple of live broadcasts from the, some comedy day. And, uh, all of a sudden they came up with some excuse, uh, that I was not behaving or whatever. I, I'm like, I begged them, let me come back. Do my, you know, I'll give you that five grand. i give you every year. You know, let's let's just make bygones be bygones. And at this point, she'd always put me the the second guy in charge. And he's like, "I will talk to her, John." You know, and uh, I'm like, "Okay," because i always already bought new equipment to broadcast live from this place. I had twenty thousand dollars of equipment still in the box in my apartment. And uh, a couple of days later, he calls me up. He goes, "You can't come." I'm like. And I immediately, I had already typed out a letter and put it on, on, on uh, social media and uh, told them that unfortunately we are not involved with Comedy Day. We're not related to it in any shape or form. Um, they will be taking my logo off it. Bow, 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 bow. Um, and uh, I walked away. Uh, I talked to Rob Williams a couple of times after that. Um, I talked. He talked to me uh, the day he went into uh, rehab. Uh, he sounded like he was all fucked up.
4: Well, like, what was he going into rehab for?
6: Uh, no one really knows. He was. Uh. He was pretty depressed. He He lost a bunch of weight. Um, he was pretty depressed. Mike, you okay, man? He goes, I don't know. I don't think I am. I, I'm going to turn myself into this rehab. I'm like, do you need any help? Do you need anything? Uh, anything? You need to call someone just that, you know, that doesn't know what's going on. I'm that guy. Just call me. All right. Love you. And he's love you. And uh, he, he went to that rehab, got out. And about a week later, um, unfortunately, uh, he took his life.
4: God almighty.
6: And um, I was at my doctor's office.
4: So, I mean, is it is it definitely known that he took his own life?
6: Yeah. Well, there's pictures, there's video.
4: God almighty. Uh, so man. he like hanged himself or?
6: yeah well let's we'll just say, yeah he did it kind of he there was a movie where he portrayed the same kind of thing. I forget the movie's name, but uh he did exactly the same as it did in the movie it was it was sad,
4: so is uh, he he had like some kind of alzheimer's disease
6: I, I'm not- sure. i I didn't get into his health, yeah. I did. I don't know.
4: I I'm just thinking, like, as brilliant of a comedian as he was, you know, for him to not be able to be that brilliant anymore had to be torture.
6: He was still brilliant. Yeah. You know, I could tell. But he was, not,
4: but not, you know, not the way he used to be.
6: Well, he, yeah, he just needed help at that point. He was super depressed. Yeah. And, you know, shit had been going bad. I guess I don't know, but you know, unfortunately, uh, my You're phone. talent. I, I got calls from LA radio stations and they all wanted me on the uh, interview me right now because, you know, people knew that, you know, I was like a buddy. Yeah. And they knew they could get the straight scoop out of me. i told them, I can't say anything at this time. I respect him more than I respect you or, or media yeah. at, at all. I know I, I've got this brand of FCC free and I just can't, you know? Um, and, um, he uh, went to his funeral. And, really,
4: what was that like?
6: Uh, well, I could—I wasn't invited. I just found out where he was. And I stood back. I didn't want to interrupt the the family. Yeah. Um. And um, yeah, he had
4: like kids, right?
6: He had kids. Yes.
4: Yeah. Golly.
6: Yeah. But anyway, that's how I met Robin Williams. And yes, it's sad and all that. But yeah, you know, uh, unfortunately, we were good friends. Yeah. yeah. And I still this day have this picture of him and I. Uh, that looked like father and son at Comedy Day, where we're where his arms around me. I'm I'm sitting there talking on the phone. We're getting our picture taken. He's talking to somebody else. You can see that both of them loved each other, and yeah. I still have that on my phone. Man, that's, as that's, a background, I can't I can't get rid of it.
4: it's just yeah, good.
6: But anyway, uh, yeah, you know it, it is what it is. Anyway, we that was another twenty minutes about me, just like that.
4: That was 20 minutes already,
6: yeah. It sure was. We're like one minute out, so um, next we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about you and how you did your shit and um, uh, sound good,
4: yeah. I mean, like, when are we going to do that in a couple
6: minutes, yeah? Uh, you know, about 10 minutes, it takes a minute for the father to save. So, here we go, okay. I'm going to turn it off now. I'm John Miller, Phil Perrier, and you're listening to the John Miller program live. At Ru- RenegadeTalkRadio.com.
7: You know, uh, number excluded here. This is uh, Norm. Hey there, uh, you can listen on the web if you're not cool enough to uh, own a radio. And uh, tune in to John. And uh, shut up, Doc. That's all I got to say because, you know, I got to go see girls at a strip club.
0: This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade. Talk radio. This is the
8: ambulance emergency line. Do you have an emergency? I, I need a band for that. Who is this? Uh Joe. Okay. Uh, where do you need us? I'm in a motherfucking phone booth. Okay, what's the address there? <laughs> Hold on. Okay, sir, did you call through nine one one? Uh n- no. Okay, Joe, I need a location. What street are you on? Uh I'm in a motherfucking phone booth at the stop and go. Yeah, I'm at the that's it. I'm at the motherfucking stop and go. On, oh, uh, Wayman. a minute. Huff Smith. the motherfucking street? Huff Smith. Corville. in, in Southville. Hey, at the motherfucking stop and go. Huff Smith, Corville and what? Hold on. Yo. Uh-huh. How about, let me see. Coffee? 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 Yeah coffee there you go there you go i'm in the motherfucking phone booth uh, let me tell you what I'm, in the, I'm going down the motherfucking road driving my car minding my own goddamn business and a motherfucking deer jumped out and hit my car okay sir so are you injured now, now let me tell you i get out and pick the motherfucking deer up i thought he's dead i put the motherfucking deer in my back seat and i'm driving down the motherfucking road and minding my own business the motherfucking woke up and bit me in the back of my goddamn neck. He bit me and done kicked the shit out of my car. I'm in the motherfucking phone booth. The deer bit me in the neck. A big motherfucking dog came up and bit me in the leg. I hit him with the motherfucking tire iron and I stabbed him. I stabbed him with my knife. So I got a hurt leg and the motherfucking deer bit me in the neck. And the deer and the dog won't let me out of the fucking phone booth because he wants the deer. <laughs> Who gets the deer, me or the dog? Okay, sir, are you injured? Yeah, the motherfucking deer bit me in the neck. Hold on. the, 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 the motherfucking dog is biting me. Hold on. God damn it, get out of here, Hold on. The motherfucking dog is biting my ass. Hold on.
14: Hold on. This guy hung up on me. Yes, this is Agent Johnson of the U.S. FBI. My president has instructed me to ask you for the final time to turn over the person or location of one Osama bin Laden for his actions against our country, or you must face the consequences. Leave us
2: alone! We know nothing of this bin Laden! We think
14: you do. We don't! Listen, Mr. Taliban person, do you realize that this is your final opportunity, or we must lash out with an assault of which you do not have the technology to handle? We
2: do not fear your weapons! We have anti-aircraft an anti-tank and anti-personal weaponry!
14: We know that, but you don't have answering machines. What? Will you give us bin Laden? No! Okay.
0: You asked for it.
2: Answering machine, what is that? Taliban!
11: Hello, how are you this afternoon? Would you like better rates on your long distance service? You have
2: wrong number!
14: Taliban! Hello, Mr. Tailband. Did you know that aluminum siding can raise the property value of your house? We can install it at a fraction of the increase of your new property value. Are you interested?
3: You have wrong number!
9: Taliban! Congratulations! You qualify for the platinum card!
10: Taliban! Good afternoon, sir. Did you know that we have $40 million available for home improvement projects and you ah. qualify for... A That's it! Osama on his own! Taliban! Good afternoon, sir. How would you like free HBO ah. for a month? Taliban!
14: Hello. For a great deal on automobile insurance, please hold the line for the next ah.
10: available... Talibans. Hello, I have a special deal from America's number one sports magazine, including the famous swimsuit. Ah. Hello, good afternoon,
14: sir. Can uh, I
10: interest you I in don't
9: detail don't don't on don't how don't you can win a don't don't free don't vacation? Don't golly, don't golly, don't golly. Yeah, this is gonna be cool. <laughs> uh, Hey, uh, hey, hey, Beavis, check this out. I just got done reading that book, Men From Mars and Women Are From Venus. Uh. <laughs> You know, like if men really are from Mars and women are from Venus, well, that's got to be a hell of a commute to get a little peace on Earth. <laughs> yeah, that's cool.
3: <laughs> Betty's Big Beaver. Betty's Big Fever. Betty's Big Beaver.
11: Howdy, I'm Betty. Do you have a special hunger? A taste for something that you just can't get nowhere else? Then come on down and stuff your face at my big beaver truck stop Betty's big beaver is always open We got the kind of taste you were always hoping From chicken fried steak to big brook trout The whole family will agree it's great enough on the run, we'll try our fox lunch. Or y'all bring your friends, cause my big beaver seats over a hundred. Well, don't let the crowd scare you, we'll find room to stick you in. Betty's big beaver open
5: all night
8: long. We're we'll coming down and see us at the crack of dawn. We'll make you up that special dish. And when you come on Friday, we smell like fish. My
11: big beaver, <laughs> well, come on in. Instead of spell, there's room for the whole family. And plenty of nice, friendly folks just flapping their lips. Exit 17 off the northway. Just
0: look for the
3: big beaver.
0: Betty's big beaver. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.
2: It's better than a runaway romp to sunny Barbados. It's the John Miller Program. Hello,
6: welcome back to the John Miller Program with Phil Perrier, live on Renegade Talk Radio. I'd like to invite my host, Phil Perrier. You there?
4: I am right here, John. All right. At your service, my friend.
6: uh, I I don't pay you, so I don't want you to be at my service.
4: Okay, I'm no longer at your (laughs) service.
6: You're fired. Walking (laughs) away
4: for a good (laughs) night.
6: Anyway, uh, of course, Phil, (laughs) I've known Phil for over 20 years. Really cool dude. Um, uh, What's the name of your movie?
4: Uh, My documentary film is called One-Nighters.
6: And you can find that on YouTube? Just Find that
4: on YouTube. It is about a comedy tour of myself and my good friend Dan Friedman.
6: The, The guy who introduced me to you?
4: Right. And we're traveling all over, like Montana, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, doing these gigs. It was like thirty gigs in thirty-two days or something. It was
6: crazy, yeah. Um,
4: Just a mad dash, and and during the uh, also there are little interviews with Jay Leno and Billy Gardell and Judy Tenuta and Tim Wilson and all these comics. You know, talking about their experiences on the road.
6: But you, but you got into comedy. How, how you got you. You're a writer, first of all. Yeah, okay, days. so
4: I started doing open mic comedy in Atlanta in 1985. When I wow. Was 20, yeah, I was 21 years old, and that was, you know, during the height of the the so-called 80s comedy boom, where There all these comedy clubs are opening up all over America. Yep. I and remember. so, yeah, so, like, you know, by the late 80s, I'm working all over the country. Then um, in 2000, well, then, I, I moved well, to a L.A. Bunch of,
6: a bunch of co- clubs and bumped up to
4: Egypt. Oh, all over. I mean, I, I worked, you know, North Dakota, South Dakota, uh, you know, you, you name it. And then um, in 2000, I moved to L.A. because I've been writing freelance for Jay Leno for a number of years. and I, I really wanted to write for television. So I, I moved to L.A. And then in 03, I started doing a thing called All Comedy Radio, which, You know, which was a nationally syndicated comedy radio what, network. Yeah,
6: it was on like. 400 stations syndicated right Uh, um occasionally i would be on that doing stuff
4: not very it was in it was in phoenix was one of the markets it was in yep yep that's right and uh yeah so i think it was 03 or 04 when i first met you
6: It it was 03
4: okay yep and started you know started doing your show periodically and then uh I wrote for uh Leno freelance, uh, David Letterman freelance, and then I started like just basically begging Jay Leno. It's like, man, please give me a job. And he he he, he hooked me up with Arsenio Hall.
6: Which is incredible. If you go to Phil's um uh Facebook, you'll see a picture of him and tell. It looked yep. like it looks like me and Robin Williams.
4: Yeah, it was it was amazing. so Robin or uh Arsenio hired me to write for his uh his reboot of his talk show which was uh 2013-14 yeah so you know that was the best gig I mean that you know that's a staff writing job in Hollywood I had my own office uh I got on the show to do stand-up I mean that was honestly I, I wanted that to last forever but the show only lasted about a year and then it got canceled but uh that was, you know, as I, I really wanted to keep writing for television until uh until I dropped, you know, because that's but, you know, I've always loved radio and all comedy radio just coming up with like, you know, fake commercials and bits and, you know, interview with a dead guy and limited access that that was just the most creatively the most fun I've ever had in my life, you know, because. Yeah. In radio, with all the uh, the free sound effects you can pull off the internet, there's nothing you can't create. As you know, you know you can create any little script that, that your head can conjure. You know,
6: uh, if you remember when we uh, uh, had uh, uh, Natalie Paul, remember the weather? Yes, night? yes, I can remember. Uh, you were there, and uh, somehow we were trying to get Natalie naked. She wouldn't get naked. And then all of a sudden, I remember that was
4: like a recurring theme with you trying to get her naked. That's yep.
6: so why I had her around; she was fucking smoking hot.
4: Yeah, she was hot. And
6: long story short, like, and Paul came up with this. He goes, "I got an idea," and we had we had uh, Natalie Paul a camera on her, and she was behind the the uh, color bars that you see when used to see when television show, uh, stations used to go up there. Yep. And, and she remember she was acting like she was taking her shirt off, and we we're all back there. Oh, yeah! it was a good time. But um, anyway, back to the story.
4: Well, let's see. There, uh, let's see. So I was in L.A. until 2018. Then my mom died, and left me her house in Atlanta, and I had to get on it or lose it. And I don't want to go into all that. But uh, so here I am, you know. So I'm uh,
6: where you live now, in beautiful.
4: In Atlanta, Georgia, in the Kirkwood section of town, and I, I've got a, a lovely home and a cat and another cat that hit the road about a week ago for some reason, and it has not come back, yeah. and, um, you know, I'm just happy to be on the air, I mean, because you and I have been talking about doing radio together. Forever. And remember, okay, I feel like saying maybe 10 years ago, I'm in L.A., you're in San Francisco, and we were going to do some kind of a sports talk show.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And oh, we're no.
4: talking to these guys at the network and they're like, "Okay, all you guys got to do is come up with $30,000 a month." Yeah. <laughs> and but then you can keep anything that you make and it's like, "Oh, we just got to pay you 30,000 a month to to be on the radio." Okay. That, but that we're, uh,
6: we're going to be on 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 some uh what is it? A sports talk radio show on XM. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It smelled like a pyramid scheme. It did. Man,
4: yeah. When they're asking for 30 grand a month. Yeah. I mean, usually like when, because I've worked in radio before, like all comedy radio, I didn't make much money, but they paid me something. Yeah,
6: yeah, exactly. This
4: was like, no, no, you show, you give us $30,000 a month and we'll let you be on the radio. I thought. Man, that's that's a good hustle if <laughs> if it ever works, you know. Yeah, it's, it didn't uh, work with us. We we ran like frightened animals, you know.
6: Yeah, uh, but I the reason I was even close to that, I knew one of the the founders of that, um, and he had a, was all sports uh, radio, all sports radio. Yeah, and it's syndicated, you know, on, on you know a few hundred stations. Um, uh, and the thing that really attracted me is that we'd be on the, uh, the government. What was that? Uh, the station that they, uh, they, uh, broadcasted for, of the troops. Uh, God, I can't think of the name. Oh,
4: Air America.
6: Yeah. And, uh, we're going to be on that. That's what would turned me on, you know?
4: Yeah, have... no, I, I like that, but I mean, the, the 30,000 a month thing was kind of a deal breaker. Yeah, <laughs> I think,
6: I'm not sure what I told him. I think I told him, uh, please, uh, take this as, as a joke, go fuck yourself or something. God,
4: yeah, I mean, geez.
6: but I'm still friends with them. I actually was at their studios a couple of months ago, just reminiscing, saying hi, and see what's up, you know. But yeah, yeah they're still in business. They're still selling those thirty thousand dollar two hour shows.
4: I, I mean, I, maybe they got like rich because, like, if you're doing, if you're a rich guy, and you want to do a vanity project and just do whatever the hell you want to do. I guess you could do that, but I mean. There's got to be cheaper ways to <laughs> to do that, you think? You know,
6: that's a down payment on a radio station, hell.
4: And I, I think also, I think that they would have come off. I think thirty grand could have turned into like two grand if we begged. But you know, I just we yeah, look, well, I mean, we're
6: trying. It just yeah, pissed, screw it pissed it. me off that my friends were going to charge me thirty k.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I uh, I have not encountered that before or since uh, as a formula for getting on the radio.
6: Yeah, I haven't either. <laughs>
4: But anywho,
6: anyway, so um, uh, you're in Atlanta. What's been yep. going on?
4: Well, you know, since co- I have not been I'm doing I've got some stand up shows booked in Park City, Utah, the same week as the Sundance Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And I do, you know, I do stand up, Um, you know, when when it's a gig that I want to do. but uh, But
6: you still get paid, right?
4: yo hell yeah in fact yeah yeah i mean that's you're the not only
6: paying time. them you're you're getting paid yeah
4: so i don't they're not like hey phil come here but here's what i will do though i will come to somebody's house and do my show for a thousand dollars and then for another thousand dollars i'll leave <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a hostage crisis until yeah. they give it the other thousand i'm like okay goodbye
6: yeah that that's a, sounds like a good idea
4: well, thank you. yeah. I know, I, I know. I I appreciate that. I've yet to get any takers, but I think just a, with this show, it's just a matter of time, you know.
6: Oh, with, with me that connected to you, the doors yeah. are going to open.
4: No, like, the doors are going to go flying open. You're going to hear a lot
12: of
6: slamming the doors.
4: <laughs> no, no, no.
6: Right. But uh, anyway, that's good. You're still doing comedy, and I'm glad that you know. It was just a whim when I called you up that day. I was like, you know, I want to do my show. I've got got. Got it on this, uh you know, uh, station. And I got to have a co-host. And he asked me, who's your co-host going to be? And I'm like, well, I'm hoping it'll be Phil Perrier. And I hadn't even, I hadn't even texted you or anything at that point. He goes, who's Phil Perrier? I'm like, you know, I told him your resume. He's like, hell yeah, that'd be funny as fuck. And I'm like, okay. And then I called you. Yeah. And uh you, you, you couldn't get the words out of your mouth fast enough. And I I was, I, I was like taken back that finally, Myself and Phil Perrier, the world famous, we're going to do a show with me, and we've been talking about this for a long effing I know,
4: time. I no, know, no, I know. It seems like all the the planets aligned properly, and now you and I can do can do radio without you know without having to watch our language, and,
6: and, and, and we don't have to sit in front of each other either and smell. Each I know other.
4: this is fantastic. I mean, I'm, I'm in Atlanta. You're in, in San Francisco. Yeah, I, it's like we're just we're in the we're in the same room practically without. Or,
6: we're sitting there peeing in the balls together, and uh, you know, we're all over here. I'll be sixty. Uh, I'm sixty-two.
4: Um, I'm fifty-nine years young right now.
6: You're trying to catch up. I know.
4: Well, I, I yeah, I, I hope not to. I, I think sixty—that's a big one, right?
6: I, you know what? When I, when I turned sixty, I—I don't even think there was any fanfare for it. I—I—I was—I i, I, I am was, I was a I, I was dumbfounded that I turned sixty. Considering my
3: life,
4: I know because when I first met you, because I mean, you had heart attacks, you did meth, you hit coke. I mean, I was yeah. like, if ever there was a guy that was not supposed to live to see fifty, it's John Miller. It was me. And now you're you're sixty two, and you're you're rolling right along.
6: Hey, you know, I, I, had, I had I had I had a thing called Noah's disease. Bartonella's Miller's disease. Bartonella Bart- Bartonella Bartonella.
4: Okay, Bartonella.
6: And, and what it does, you don't even know you have it. But um, uh, it attacks your ha- heart valves. Um, it, it should kill you. Most people that get it die. Damn. And uh, I got up one night. I was watching The Simpsons, smoking some weed, got up and, and stood up and fell flat. Fat, I mean, as quick as I stood up and got erect, I, I fell face first into the cat the bowl. Damn. I was like, eh, there's something wrong. That's not right. There's
4: yeah, something and, ain't right.
6: Yeah, some I stood back up and went pee. Didn't even think about it. Went got back in the bed, restarted the Simpsons. My cat looked at me a little weird, Miss Kitty. Yeah. But that you know, and I was like, ah, you know, and went to sleep. I shouldn't have done that. That fucked me up more. I woke up in the morning. I had to make a phone call. I was like, like <laughs> well,
4: you were having a stroke or something.
6: No, I'd already had the stroke. I was already fucked up. Oh. And I, I didn't realize because I wasn't talking. I was just laying in my bed. Didn't even know I had it. And uh, I was—that was to Melinda, uh, my good friend Melinda Adams. And she started crying. I'm like, next thing I know, there's an ambulance at my door, and they hauled me off. And uh, about about two weeks later, they they had started this IV of, of, of medicines on me. And uh, it wasn't working. My heart doctor was like, yeah, we got to do it. Sorry. And uh, next thing you knew, I was laying in about two days, three days later. I was laying in the hospital. They're shaving my private area. The guy shaved half of it. It was just
4: fucking stupid.
6: Long story short. They, they,
4: Does that think, even have anything to do with your with your brain? I think that's just some guy who came in for for thrills, you know.
6: Well, they gotta shave you because you're gonna be cut wide open, and okay. they and they don't want any straight pubic hairs flopping in there. Okay. But yeah, um, about uh, nine seconds later, a guy told me to, uh, called down a countdown from thirty. I think I made it to twenty nine or uh, <laughs> twenty five, something like that. And I don't remember anything. Got out of the operation room uh, 10 hours later um, and uh, woke up. And uh, yeah, uh, long story short, uh, I told my doctor when I went in, I'm not going to stay longer than three days. People die here. And the next morning, eight hours later, no matter, eight hours later, I'm walking the halls with two IVs. And my heart doctor's doing rounds. He looked at me, he just shook his head. And I looked at, it, I said, remember my motto. I'm leaving in three days. People die here.
4: So you had heart surgery.
6: I, I have my heart was out of my body, uh, four times as they, uh, I had another problem with, with the squeezing part of it. They worked on that. They, they, they put in the fake heart valve. Uh, it's a metal valve, uh, clatters like an old 57 Chevy. <laughs> um, and the first few days it drove me nuts, but eventually you get used to it. And if you're in a room with Johnny's you, like, rrr, rrr, rrr. I like, told my doctor, like, I'm going to kill myself. I can't handle this. Cuck, 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 cuck. Goes, Dude, you won't notice it in a couple of days. It sure. sure should. I don't hear it anymore. But if you're next to me and you're not, it's not really, you'll hear it. Really? Yeah. People are like, what's that noise? I'm like, that's my heart valve. Like, no way. Yeah. So um, here I am. I'll be celebrating 10 years uh, in uh, next year. That is
4: fantastic. So, uh,
6: have you had any med- major medical? Pro- well, you did get a, a surf. Yeah, night. I
4: had the surf in '05. I was uh, surfing in Malibu, trying
6: to trying to show off for a girl.
4: Well, yeah, and it didn't go well. Next thing you know, I'm in a helicopter. I go to the, you know, UCLA Medical Center. I've got a severe spinal injury. I still walk, you know, with a cane.
6: And- yeah, but but you were like me for a little bit.
4: Well, I don't know about that, but I mean, I I was like a quadriplegic for you know several weeks,
6: and I was going, I'll never hear from that guy again. This is so funny. I know,
4: I know. And then you know, I I got back to to you know at least mentally back to normal, and uh, you know, I reconnected with you, and
6: uh, that's about time you got the senior hall
4: job too. It, yep, it, yeah. So
6: I, like they fucking they they hired that paraplegic. I told him to get hired.
4: Yeah, no, it, it worked out beautifully, you know, I mean, because I, I had very few, you know, when you can't really run away from your desk, <laughs> you, know, it's, yeah, you're you're, employee, you know, you're the perfect employee. You're
6: the perfect employee, yeah. Don't have to I, never, I
4: never wandered far. I was I was writing jokes all day long, you know.
6: Yeah, well, you you wrote me a set, which um,
4: I... Oh, that you wanted 25 jokes, as I recall.
6: Uh, well, remember, we were trying to feel like there was going to be like 20 people going on stage.
4: Gave, oh God, yeah! And I was like, John, don't just don't do it.
6: Yeah, you gave me 20, 20, 25 and yeah. one of them, and, and I, I, I kind of butchered it, but I, but I used one jo- joke, and and uh, I was like, let's see, what was it? What, uh, what was it the one I used? Um, I did the Rob Williams one. Used to hang with Rob Williams on Comedy Day, and now I'm emceeing this shit, and yeah. uh, I'm, I'm telling jokes in this fuck goat fuck. And I want everybody was kind of quiet. I'm like, "Where's a mass shooter when you need him?" And the <laughs> crowd went wild. Uh, uh, it was fucking hilarious. Um, but I, I haven't, I haven't had the chance to do the whole thing yet. Uh, that was only a that.
4: Well, oh, hopefully I, you never will, because a night of twenty comics is just too many. Well,
6: uh, well, I didn't, I didn't do that. They ended up canceling that. But gotcha. I went on a, a, on this uh, thing of Danny Deci's where. Uh, you know, it's new, a new wannabe comics. He puts them up for five minutes. And, um, I'd had a beer at that time and I hadn't had one in months. And that one beer kind of made me drunk. And I got up there and, and, um, started doing my jokes. And, and then they, they're like, uh, I'm like, Hey, I just write, I don't write them. I just tell them.
3: <laughs>
6: and, uh, long story short, uh, uh, Danny wants me to come back and do it fully at one time um, but we haven't figured out the date yet but uh you
4: know maybe you could be like uh remember that baseball was it doc i forget that the, there was a baseball player who took acid he was a pitcher and he didn't think he was supposed to be pitching that day and he's hanging out with his girlfriend and he takes acid and then she's like you know you got a pitch tonight in San Diego they were in LA oh shit yeah, so he goes to San Diego. He pitches a perfect game on acid. <laughs>
6: God, I, I gotta look that up.
4: Oh yeah, no, it's 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 a medical you know anomaly because you think you know a guy on acid couldn't pitch that well, but he, he had the best game of his life.
6: I know. I almost died when I was on, I was in a car with a bunch of people out of Calpella. It's a road that's really windy. One side is the Russian River, the other side is a, cl- a straight up cliff that you can crash into. Uh-huh. And I remember it was a rainy night. We had all taken acid. And next thing I know, we're going back and sideways, back and forth. One minute you're seeing the river, next time you're seeing the mountain. I'm like, Oh and next thing I knew we finally had stopped and we weren't over and I got out of the car. I'm like, Holy fuck. And walked home another five miles.
4: God, Yeah, you're like, I'm not driving in that car. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not
6: riding that fucking car ever again. But yeah, that's the one and only time I've taken acid.
4: Yeah, man. I actually I would recommend driving. You know, I mean, I actually
6: a, I have a couple of tabs a friend of mine gave me. Uh, I'm like, what am I going to do with it? Because one Friday night, just take them. I'm like, fuck you. I'm not taking. Uh,
4: no, no, no. I,
6: I need to be babysat.
4: Yes, yeah. <laughs> Particularly if you're 62 years old, I don't think acid's a good idea. Yeah.
6: Well, you, you got to be an owner of a cat. You know, you got thumbs. You got to keep them out of trouble. That's why. Yeah. They, you know, that's what yeah, I. Need. That cat's relying yeah, you got, on you. I need a cap sitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And man, we blew through another twenty almost just like that, man.
4: All right.
6: So we're going to come back here in about ten. It'll be myself, John Miller. Look up John Miller if you're if you're uh, uh, looking for my pages. You can uh, type in John Miller. It'll come up. Guarantee it. You like it, and I'll I'll accept you. And um I have over five thousand friends and, and fans on that page. Uh look it up and of course look up Phil Perrier and uh um, friend us both. I'm John Noah.
4: I'm Phil Perrier.
6: And we'll be back here in a few on the John Noah program.
2: Mm. Uh-huh. John will be right back. Aha. With the longest running, continually running webcast in the history of entertainment as we know it. Aha. But you'd expect that.
0: This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. And this here is a coyote
2: minute. <laughs> this here is is Coyote speaking. A lot of people uh remember me from when I was a musician, but I I'm uh now I'm radio commentating and this is episode forty two Sasquatch or uh by Peter Harmony if they wanna go around that hole right there. Now you know Bigfoot up there in the woods, you know, I hate, you know, way up there where you can't hardly prove that they're there for crying out loud. they big. you telling me there's a big old monkey out there or like a 600 pound hairy human out there walking around out there in the woods. Where did he shit? Don't tell me now. I don't want to go there, but. They ain't—they ain't got no conveniences, and I don't think they'd actually out there be out there living like that. They ain't raising no vegetables, that's for sure. You know they can track shit down; they could run down a mule deer, and kick his ass. And but you never hear about it. Did you ever hear about it? If you can prove it, then I tell you one thing: I—I I, there's a couple of people out there trying to prove it. Isn't and, uh, up like, uh, you had up there, the Canadians up there. And I think, you know, they got the Olympics coming up there in 2010. What is it up there? Uh, Vancouver, BC It's so to say. And if you had a bunch of those Sasquatch out there, the Bigfoot, you know what I'm saying? I think that they make a case to get them in there to the 2010 Winter Olympics and take the whole thing one at a time and stand up there and do their scratch their asses um, with a gold medal around their neck, grinning at it through that pointy head and the hairy ass. And there would be people out there standing there saying with some flags and shit out there and signs and shit. You know what I'm saying? Keeping them, uh, the, and they probably, they probably uh, go away with it. I mean, there's hundred pounds, and the, uh, the and the smell there. Well, well, I don't know, but this here has been a coyote minute. You might have remembered me from the last time. Now, what we have here is the ability to communicate. All right, pilgrim, there's time to. Lope your mule. They'll be right back. I always wanted to be an actor just like John Wayne would have been. He'd been an actor.
14: Oh, am I the first caller? No,
2: you're the <laughs> second
7: caller. Sorry, I just gave the ticket out to a Murph. Oh,
1: <laughs> you know what? And this is a guy because I put call in, and we'll give you the Alaska Bush Company. So of course the guy had to call in second. Yeah, <laughs> right. but
7: I'd rather see a girl there than yeah. a guy.
1: And well, you know what? Well, hang on. Who, who Hold is on. this? Let's talk who, some pity. Yeah, who this is this guy? Is
14: Chris from
7: Photography. Oh, oh, Chris!
1: <laughs> I have been so wanting to meet you my whole life. I am your
14: biggest man. Oh, come on, the, come on. Guys, I also I'm also the president of the Wallace and Ladmo fan club. Oh. Wow. You know
1: what? Uh, Wallace is one of my friends. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Yes. Get his phone number? Uh, no, but you know what? Look on my comments page. Wallace <laughs> left me a comment. He's- <laughs> did he? I, I yeah. did. I did see that. I did see
7: that. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, tell us a little bit about yourself, man.
14: Oh. I hate being put on the spot like that. Oh. Uh, yeah. I've been, I've been running the fan club for about six years now um, with some no, really good friends of mine. We're um, talking
7: about the yeah, uh, yeah, erotic photos. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that. enough yeah. about yeah. that. Yeah. I want to know about the erotic photos. <laughs> okay,
1: okay, guys. <laughs> Again, I told you. I'm i told sorry.
14: you. sorry. I, I do not do not need any
1: more assistance. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I told you, though. I am I am really wanting to look at your uh, MySpace page every day for Five well, three minutes at least
14: a day <laughs> while he squeezes one off. Well, that's that's uh, that's all you can do is three minutes. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, okay. Oh, if yeah. if you, the second best comedian. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 uh, you know what? I'll handle the humor. That's okay. <laughs> what's,
14: you your, know, we're what's you're not handling your, it very well. <laughs> what's your MySpace page? Uh, my Myspace name—it's uh, uh, CS underscore uh, erotic photography.
7: All right, cool. We gotta check that out, no doubt. So,
1: Add, my friend. So, Chris, how does one get into your line of work? I mean, uh, get if- a camera. <laughs> Just get a camera.
14: Get a camera. No, well, I also—I also do body painting.
1: Ooh. Man, yeah. some guys have all... And I chose comedy. Yeah. I feel so <laughs> stupid. You
12: dumbass. Yeah. Chris, Chris, I want to ask you this. Sure. How, how do you... What's your approach to women? You see, you see you're, out and, you're out and about. I, you're I beg
14: s- just like everybody else. <laughs> <does>. <laughs> all right.
12: So, okay, so there's no secret then.
14: <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I... Like... Any other photographer, ninety um, percent of the photos you take are not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, right. the other ten percent you're you're getting you're getting lucky. And I have I have good I have good clients and I have good models.
7: Okay, the question of the night is, what's the fattest broad you've ever done, bro? <laughs> Come on, tell mean, the truth. Photography or no, okay. No. Oh. Uh, no. Okay, what's the fat? What's the fastest
14: girl you've taken a picture of? Yeah, that'll work. Um, well, I'm not gonna say her name, but um, she uh, the uh she uh, she's a big gal. Was she over three bills? I would rather not say. Because she's a good friend of mine. <laughs> Come on, Chris. Mine, and and an on. evil minion. So but she's a, she's a sweetheart. And w- she's a good friend and the pictures turned out great. What did you do with her? I, I took pictures of no, her. No, I know, but like what kind of erotic pictures did you take? Well, uh, half, you know, covering shots, you know, where I, and she, I, I bet you I have this funny feeling. Stop, John. Don't I have that. I have a
7: funny feeling that you could find her on the KWSS website. You were, were
14: probably you... could. Oh, I, I do believe that the second best comedian is on her friends list. Yeah.
7: <laughs> I know who this person is. Yeah, she's
14: a good friend of mine. Yeah, she's, she's cool. She's... I, I know exactly who it is and is.
7: I've talked to her a few times. Good people.
14: Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> good people. Right on. Well, you're Chris, just hurting for callers, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. Please stay with us. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> okay, now you're begging. Oh yes, yeah. see, it oh, works, okay. man.
12: It. works for women. Hey, Chris, one more time. Your web space. Your MySpace. Uh, what? Your MySpace. Oh, uh,
14: CS underscore erotic photography.
12: Erotic photography. And you can
14: find the Wallace, the official Wallace and Ladmo fan club on Yahoo Groups. All right, Yahoo
7: Groups.
1: Cool. Uh, yep. Yeah.
14: Just type in Ladmo, you'll find us. It's uh, it's Christmas time and. Uh, it's a pretty obnoxious looking color I've got up for the webpage, right? Now. <laughs> right on. Well, Chris, you want to go Saturday night, man? Ah, uh, yeah, sure. All, All right. Right. We'll put I'll get list, you on the man. list, bro. Oh, so I just show up there?
7: Yeah. Ask, make sure to tell them you're there with KWSS Radio. If they have any issues, tell them to get a hold of John Miller. Uh, and well, I'll, I'll get you in the door, well, bro.
12: We'll we'll hook you up as friends on our on our place, okay?
14: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. And maybe I can get some clients. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we have Chris, one more call for calling, man. Thank
12: you, Chris. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Right.
0: Bye bye. <laughs> this is Renegade talk radio Renegade talk radio
2: It's the John Miller program live from
4: San Francisco.
6: Welcome back to the John Miller program Phil Perrier are you there Phil?
4: I am here John.
6: oh my God here we are reminiscing and I kind of realized we both kind of ended our segments kind of depressed depressing and so uh no more no more war stories from us. But, uh, well, no more
4: old guys talking about their physical problems. Yeah,
6: We're, <laughs> we're both fucked up individuals, remember that. Yeah,
4: my back, my hip, my side.
6: Yeah, I, I wake up every morning going, Holy shit, I made it through the night!
4: <laughs> but
6: uh, and surprise,
4: like, damn, I'm, I'm alive. What happened? That's what,
6: and that's the way it, is. it has been for 10 years, dude. I wake up, I'm like, huh, I'm awake.
4: <laughs> that was but,
6: fantastic, yeah, good times for sure. But uh, you know, we are all. Our backgrounds are a little different. Um, I was a press operator, a union press operator for 22 years, worked for a company called Allegro. Um, uh, it was, uh, it, I knew that job.
4: Now, where, that, where was
2: this?
6: That was in Lafayette, California. Okay. I, I, I've been printing, you know, five years in high school and, and, uh, the, the uh, 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 county. I knew printing inside and out before I hit the, uh, hit the
4: job market. So you were a career printer before you got into writing.
6: Yeah, exactly. I was, I was uh, one of the union, um, management. I was, I was into printing. I, I, that was my job. I was going to do it forever. I was a whiz at it. And, uh, I like, I'm never going to quit. And, uh, one day I got in and, uh, um, the boss started saying something. I looked at him and he goes, and I'd already kind of already started the podcasting thing or webcasting thing. And I was like, at that point, I am like, fuck this, I quit. And he's like, but, but, and I'd already quit like three times before and his son would always call me up. Oh, I know, I know my father's bad. He's an asshole, I get it. And I'm like, no, and so it's fine. And, and the next day he called me up. And I said, you're wasting your time. I'm not going back. He's like, "Come on, man! My dad needs you." I'm like, "Fuck your dad, and wow. thank you for calling me." And I'm
4: gonna burn this and bridge. Course you. you wrote in on.
6: Yeah, I, I tried the. I tried to burn it down. The next day they called me back. It was. It was. It was Pete. He was like, "I'm so sorry, you know. You know, I'm a fucked up individual. I'm, fuck you, Pete. I don't want to work on it anymore." And that's when I quit. And um, uh, my girlfriend at the time left. Uh, me, it was me and Paul, uh, me and uh, Gib Green. Remember Gib? I, I don't, do not I don't, I don't think you remember my redneck Gib, but uh, he was my first host, and uh, a lot of fun to be around. He, he, was, he, was, he was, you know, like one of those, you know, like a high school cut-up, you know? Uh-huh. He didn't care what it was. Let's just do it. And um, he was on the show for the first year and a half, and then the engineer left, Paul, went to Phoenix, and uh you know, after that happened, uh, you know, I, I basically have been in broadcasting now for 27 years. Wow. This will be year 27, and it wasn't for people like you and Paul and TJ. Do you remember? You didn't get to meet TJ, I don't think. But uh, TJ and Paul both uh, broadcast. So what,
4: what, what year did Paul pass away?
6: That was about 10 years ago.
4: Golly,
6: yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it took me out even though we had, we had fallen out and I'd already moved back to San Francisco. We, yeah. were, we were working it out, you know, so I, I was getting high and having a good time.
4: He was uh, a good dude.
6: He was a very good dude and I uh, miss him greatly. Yeah. He was, the, he was the first person that really, except for Will Wilkins, really, like, supported John and doing radio. Yeah. And uh, him and TJ... Uh, they did nothing but school me and make me do weird shit. And, you know, you got to do this if you're going to do this and, uh, made me who I am today. And, uh, they pulled a prank on me one day. I, I rode, uh, Bart. So at Oakland station and they had a bunch of fucking uh, girls, some hot, some not. There was probably 15 or 20 girls there. And I come off the Bart and go down out of the bar and they, they swarmed me. They're like, we need to get John Miller on. And I'm like, I'm like, and I I'm, I'm immediately, <laughs> I'm immediately just signing shit. And it turned out that Paul and TJ were videotaping their shit. I had no clue what was going down.
4: You're, you're being punked.
6: Yeah. And I was basically being John Miller, the media star and signing boobs and whatever. <laughs> Dude, I was like in heaven. And all of a sudden there's TJ he goes, yeah, you've been punked. I'm like, and they played it on the show the next night. I was <laughs> like uh-huh. Yeah, they edited, made it look like a fucking punk thing. It was fucking hilarious.
4: Yeah, yeah, there's no victim here. You know, you're signing boobs. I mean, you know, hey, but you can't take they, that away.
6: There were fat chick boobs I was signing, but <laughs> <laughs> at least I was seeing boobs, you know.
4: Yeah, it could but
6: but those are the you, first you
4: think they were boobs. They could have been you know, with fat girls that could be pretty well it right.
6: could have been a guy with a dick and boobs. <laughs> like, I have no idea, but yeah, <laughs> It was a, a good, good
4: time. time. A yeah. good time was had.
6: And, uh, you know, of course, Phil and oh, Phil, uh, Paul and TJ were best friends. TJ was just a really way out left, you know, don't do this kind of shit. And Paul was like, hey, I'll tell you yes or no, but I'll still support you either way. And um, the joke was, you'll bail me out, right? And he goes, yep. And he actually got that opportunity in Phoenix bail me out I called yeah, there was him the whole
4: Joe Arpaio thing
6: yeah he was like you're joking me to me right I mean we're only at 45 minutes before this, this Thursday night before the the show you you're joking with me I'm like nope look at the phone number that just called you call it back I need you to hurry up and come down and bail my ass
4: out and he came how much out. was bail
6: I uh, like 10 grand or something he had to good for. God. Like, but you know, Paul was wit rich. His parents left him like a million dollars. Oh. And he was, he, he was, yeah, he had more money than he should have, but he came right down, uh, literally, uh, 15 minutes later, he was, he was bailing me out. We got out uh, about a half hour after I called him. I got out and he, like, cause I don't even want to know. And I said, you're going to want to know, but let's go home and do the show, go to my house and do the show. And we did, did the show and started talking about what had happened and, um yeah, uh, it was it was fucking crazy. Um we we had good times, no doubt.
4: Yeah.
6: I, you know, TJ and Paul always be playing pranks on me. And um I you know, Paul, I, I I I miss the guy. TJ and myself are still friends, we still talk, he's still my advisor, he'll tell me no, that's wrong. Um, but uh that's right, yeah, do it, you know, but yeah. Nothing like Paul. Unfortunately, Paul died, and yeah, left a big void in my in my life. Um, I didn't do the show for about a year at that time because I was no just, kidding. It
4: was just too much to. to too,
6: yeah, it was just all that equipment and that studio that I bill. I was just like, I ain't going that until I until I moved. I had to move, you know, take the shit down, and uh, yeah, I was just like, and while I was doing it, I was crying like a little baby. And yeah, Paul was a good dude. Yeah. You know, and, and, and Will Wilkins, even better dude. And, um, TJ, well, he's the asshole he is, but I still love him. And he, you
3: know,
6: <laughs> he's just a fucking asshole. But, uh, anyway, um, yeah, yeah, that, that, that kind of brings me back. You know, did uh, you
4: miss, uh, Phoenix at all?
6: Kinda because, you know, that radio station is still there. I'd be doing, you know, whatever I want with that radio station. Yeah. And uh I I miss that, you know, uh that was the first radio station I was ever on. But um, you know, uh it is what it is, you know. I had to leave, go to jail, and uh God. you know, well, okay, was-
4: if you went back there, would there be any kind of if problem. I got,
6: if, if they well you know if they check the the flights going in they see my name they probably they probably send some some sheriffs down to arrest me
4: really so you think you you could still get popped in Phoenix just oh to- yeah if I
6: if I if I if I flew out there I believe you no know, I don't know what the man who who's the sheriff now if they still do that manifest check but back when when uh, uh Sheriff Joe was there they looked at every flight manifest that was coming in damn. Uh,
4: uh, it's, like, it's like you're like you know like you're like john dillinger you're like a threat to humanity you know
6: Yep, i can't i i can't go out there i even talked to the probation department and like put me on probation i want to come back out there they're like no you, we can't i'm like whatever but
4: yeah you better just stay the hell out of phoenix you know been-
6: exactly I'm, i'll am i be right here in san francisco they know where i'm at and uh come get me
4: motherfuckers <laughs> yeah <You know? laughs>
6: i don't want to go to phoenix that way but uh golly yeah, have you ever been arrested, Phil?
4: One time in Florida, I um, was driving with a, a car with no with one headlight out. And I got pulled over by the Treasure Island Police, which is right a little tiny little municipality in the St. Pete Beach area. And um, the cop said something like, well, "Can you come to court?" And I was like, "Probably not." because I lived in Atlanta. I was on the road. And when I said, probably not, he immediately cuffed me up, put me in the car. And then the, the next day I was flying out to the Cayman islands to do a gig for the coconuts comedy club chain. So yeah. the, one of the owners from the, from the coconuts came and bailed me out, but I was, I was locked up in a cell for like maybe 90 minutes, two hours tops. And i and I'll buy myself in this tiny little play. And I was like, I don't ever want to. <laughs> I I do not like being incarcerated. You know.
6: Uh, I I didn't like it either. But uh, I did probably about four years in jail, uh, uh, three different times. I well, you know, back in the day, uh, you know,
4: like I, what I, what was your wild like? What what kind of crimes were you committing way back when you were a uh, uh, hooligan?
6: Theft, stuff like that. They you know, they caught what, me. What's with,
4: the biggest thing you ever stole?
6: It, the biggest thing I ever I didn't oh. steal I didn't steal anything. I just bought it from someone. Um, oh, so
4: you were buying stolen property. I,
6: I bought a, a stolen uh right before the Dodge Ram. There was a they sold the power wagons.
4: Uh-huh.
6: And a buddy of mine is stolen off a car lot. It was literally maybe 30 minutes in. There I want five thousand bucks for it. We'd take the plates off it and change the numbers. And I'm like, I got five grand. I went to the bank, gave him the five K. And then went to this one guy's house to uh, uh, get some, uh, uh, drop off some drugs, and he didn't. You were
4: committing crimes on just multiple levels at that time.
6: Yeah, I was was in Vallejo at that time.
4: This was in your twenties,
6: late twenties, early thirties. Okay, Um, and uh, went to this guy's house, and he already planned to call the cops. He knew I had a stolen vehicle. I was a drug dealer. He knew he could get out of his shit. If he oh,
4: rat you out.
6: And rat me out, yeah. So I ended up um ended up a total of 18 months between county, uh, Vacaville State, uh, for a uh, for a psychological op. I got to see Charles Manson at that time.
4: No kidding.
6: Yeah. Um like where what,
4: did you see was it like what's the situation when you when you see Charles Manson?
6: Okay, so there, you know, the prisoners know who's coming and going. They knew I was coming. Um, so uh, I was in greens, I wasn't supposed to leave myself because I wasn't a a, a ward of the the state yet, I was just there for the psychological op. They dress dress you in greens, you're locked up playing, you know.
4: So, what what color are the other people in?
6: They're in blues, they call okay.
4: So, they know green is just like a short time person, yeah.
6: Green, green's I'm supposed to be out wandering around, you don't leave yourself. Uh, or your, or your, uh, your floor and, except to eat. Anyway, I about 20 minutes into being locked up. I'm already in my cell. There's, this thing gets slipped under my door and it's a pass to go to the substance judge. Doesn't say what I'm doing, but I got to go there. So the guard actually comes and lets me out of my cell. He knows he's not supposed to be doing this, but I've got the paperwork tells me you know, tells him to do it. And I go to this place, and uh, uh, this one individual hands me blues with a note. Go out to the yard, like okay, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. I put on the blues. I go to the yard. Next, I know, you know two or three of my best buds, they're in trouble too, and they're like,
3: "Hey, John,
6: welcome Hey, man, man, come in." And they're giving me beers and pot. And I, long story short, I play baseball. Uh, each day for uh, 48 days I was there for 15 49
4: so it was like field of bad dreams would be a yeah good...
6: it, uh, but i you know i was good at baseball and uh had oh, good shit. i had good friends and people and and, and people good people in the right places
4: so and, they were like cutting you a break
6: well my friends were yeah that's that uh, the people who actually you know managed the place and told me i wasn't supposed to leave it you know they they opened the door for me because I had the pass. <laughs> so my people were taking a chance of let me out. They'd get me out every day. I'd be out for eight hours a day playing baseball and wow, yeah, doing my thing. But, so uh,
4: you actually, prison was not that bad.
6: No, it was better than county jail. Yeah. Because I was in a cell on the top floor of the courthouse, which was the most disgusting jail you'd ever seen. The thing was about 80 years old. And uh, I remember one time I was supposed to go to the court and they, the lock on the door wouldn't work. So they couldn't, I was locked up and they couldn't get me out for about 10 hours. Until, until a guy came up with a drill and figured out how they, they had to fucking drill out the big lock and uh, they tore apart the door. And it took like two hours to get me out. But yeah, I you were my-
4: literally trapped in your cell yeah. in jail.
6: If there was a fire, I would yeah, have. You were screwed. I was screwed, yeah. It was fucking hilarious.
4: You were barbecued. Yeah,
6: but, yeah, uh, you know, uh, what was, was that? 30? Well, okay, 30.
4: Manson. So you're out, you're playing baseball. Well,
6: no, I, I, I saw Manson. I was, I was actually uh, being taken to uh, um, to get some commissary, get some, you know, Zuzuz and Wainlands. And because um, uh, the guy owed me some money. Anyway, long story short, I'm in my blues. I'm walking down the hallway. And there's a white line on both sides of the of the room, of the walkway. Uh, and it's about a foot from the wall, and you're supposed to go toes in, face against the wall, and put your hands behind your back, and don't fucking turn your head. My buddy is like, "You gotta look, do me a favor. Don't be obvious. Turn your head to the left." I turned my head to the left, and I immediately got diarrhea, dude. Oh, and I—it was that quick. I was like. He's like, you know who that is? I'm like, that's Charlie Manson. It was right at right after they uh, lit him on fire in his uh, cell with lighter fluid, oh. and he was going to the infirmary, uh, and I actually caught i I blocked eyes with him, and there was nothing there. It just went right through. It was God Almighty, but I, it was long enough for me to literally. I had to get to a bathroom because I had the Hershey score. that quick.
4: Do you th- I mean? Do you think there's some connection between? locking eyes with Charles Manson and having diarrhea at exactly the same time. Uh, I mean, it's gotta be. I was, scared. Be,
6: right? I, I, I was already scared because I it was, was like
4: pure evil was looking you in the eye.
6: Yeah, I was like, Holy, I, I, I gotta go find a
4: bathroom. <laughs> wow.
6: And, uh, yeah, he got I, a
4: lot of that, you know, I,
6: it was crazy. Uh, you know, uh, you know, he was, it is what you was you know, that guy, he spent his fortunes buying TVs for the place. He'd buy the turkeys for Thanksgiving for the whole place. Manson so, did? Yeah. Um uh, that was to give him a better image.
4: So he but, was like the, the Robin Hood of uh Yes. Of the, yeah.
6: yeah, he it was pretty cool. But being there wasn't cool, and I don't suggest uh yeah, that yeah, was the, yeah,
4: the youngsters should not uh go to prison.
6: Yeah, I got out literally about six weeks later, I haven't been back since.
4: Good. Let's keep it that way.
6: The other night, well, when I got, <laughs> Uh, you know the story, but the other night I, I had, you know, the sheriffs ringing my door. I'm like, I look out the window. I'm like, I haven't done anything wrong. Okay. I'm going downstairs. You know, I've already had a couple beers. I'm already pretty happy. Sure. Uh, I open the door up and I can see the packet. I'm like, and I'm, I bet that's from blah, blah, blah. And they're like, the one guy looks at me. He's about ready to fall over because I'm, he's like, you're psychic. I'm like, no, I just know. Yeah. <laughs> Like, just give it to me and go on and just do your
4: work. But uh, you're, you're being served, is what you're yeah. saying.
6: I'm like, thank you. Don't want to see you again. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And uh the one guy, you, give, you you thought I was here for, a, 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 what, what do you think I was here for? I was like, hell if I knew. But I didn't have any warrants, so I didn't give a fuck. Yeah, good, <laughs> yeah. good. Long story short, but yeah. That's been my, I have made connections with police officers down here because of the radio station. Yeah. nothing nothing against me or anything like that but you know I, I, my name became you know pretty well known at that point uh i would say three out of five cops knew who i was huh. and uh i kind of did a survey it was kind of funny um i did did it and we videotaped it i still have it but uh i was down in the tenderloin and uh i i had walked up with five different police officers and ask them, do you know who I am? And the one guys, a couple of guys said, no. But if you want to get arrested, just keep on hanging out. <laughs> and I'm like, not nah.
4: with these sticks if you keep talking. <laughs>
6: yeah, and i ta- I told them who I am, and then they're like scratching their head. And then there was those three. That I didn't have to ask, John. What do you need? Wow, like, what the fuck? <laughs> but uh,
4: they knew you from radio.
6: Yeah, they know me about the radio station, and you know my, you know. 15, 20, uh, 18 years of
4: yeah, comedy. We comedy, uh, on these
6: things and, and, you know, radio stations. And, you know, there was, all, there was, uh, of course, pirate cat radio, yeah. which there was always a cop around somewhere. And, um, you know, FCC free radio, which, you know, everyone knew about. And, uh, you know, I, I, I got my notoriety from, uh, from,
4: from those. You're kids. saying you've got a good rapport now with a, with a law enforcement. Oh,
6: committee. as far as I know until the other night. But, uh, I didn't get arrested, so yeah. I sh- I should have a good rapport. But yeah. neither, neither one of them knew who well, I was. Well, would like. you
4: still say that, uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio can kiss your ass?
6: Oh, uh, fucking Sheriff Joe, you're a fucking asshole. Go fuck yourself.
4: <laughs> Well,
6: he isn't a sheriff anymore. He 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 got indicted or something. No, he's
4: he's ninety-one years old. Yeah, I know, right?
6: I hope I make it to ninety-one. I know. Fuck, ah, I'm, I'm all, I'll be, let's see, I'll be sixty-three. That will be
4: that will be thirty more years almost.
6: Oh, ah, I don't think I'll make it, dude. I don't
4: think <laughs> you will
6: make it. <laughs> hey, hey, if we both make it to ninety, we'll throw a big party. What do you think? Ah, oh, shit, yeah. I just shit my pants.
4: Yeah, I was gonna say it's gonna be a lot of forgetting stuff and pooping in your pants. Yeah, tell and- <laughs> me, I just oh, my applesauce. <laughs> oh,
6: my God, no, I only, I, you know, I, I, you know, because of an accident I had in high school where I got in a car wreck. You know, I, I'm, i wear dentures. i dentures. I won't, you know, I have to have everything ripped out. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good for applesauce now.
4: <laughs>
6: so uh, you got some cinnamon applesauce over there? You need I, I
4: do not have. I am. All out of apple. I like hard boiled eggs. That's my, uh, that's my, oh,
6: don't you, well, I think I could eat a hard boiled egg.
4: Yeah, I think you could, I think you could do it.
6: Uh, I, well, I mean, I'm eating other shit. So I'll, I don't I, do. don't, I don't, I don't want to get in my way. I still eat steak. Yeah. And uh, that's all that matters. But,
4: uh, yeah, me too.
6: Fuck, we're coming up to the end of this fucking thing. All right. The, the train wreck it is.
4: <laughs>
6: anyway, uh, myself and Phil have tried to give you a little insight about who we are. The next time will be uh, much more funnier. We'll we, we should have some guests. Um, but you, uh, as you listen to this, you'll hear uh, some of mine and Phil Perrier's funny shit.
4: Well, I will say though, John, you've had a, a, an incredibly eventful life. I mean,
6: yeah, well, considering I had no parents, you know. Well, was, yeah,
4: we got to talk about that next. I mean, who the hell has no parents? I mean, what? Yeah. You know, what well, what,
6: I did have parents, but. Mom, I mean,
4: biologically, clearly, you did have parents, but uh, I'm sure there's a story attached to that. that
6: they they were worthless. Yeah. Damn. Long story short, I'm here. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be in the positions I'm at. And um, I like to fake Joe Falco, for taking a chance on me so many years ago. If not, I wouldn't be here talking to you today. Well said. Anyway, uh, anything you got going on? And uh, after the 28th, you got any stand-up gigs you want to?
4: Well, yeah, I do. I'm going to be in uh, Park City, Utah, on uh, January 19th during the Sundance Film Festival, uh, doing uh, two shows at a at a theater, and I'll I'll have more information on that as it gets as it draws nearer.
6: Do you have a website called PhilPerrier.com? I have
4: uh, PhilPerrier.com is uh, is on the internets, on. all right. And then my film One Nighters is on YouTube. Okay, make
6: sure to check that out. You can find me, of course, on Facebook, john.noer.radio. Uh, also on the johnnoerprogram.com. Until next week, my friend, take care.
4: Okay, buddy, take it easy.
6: This, you've, been, you've been listening to the John Miller Program live on renegadetalkradio.com. All of our shows drop around 10 a.m. on Mondays. Make sure to check us out. Till then, thank you, Phil.
4: Thanks, John. Thank you.
6: Take care. Here we go. We're done. Later. Ah,
2: smooth internet streaming. Aha, For the discriminating viewer, it's the John Miller program.
0: This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.
7: Hello?
10: Hello, yes. I'm
7: looking for Mr. ***man. Uh, hi, uh, he's not in right now, but uh, can I help you?
10: Sir, this is Precious Calling for America Online. Oh. will you be able to decide regarding the internet service for the
7: household? Yeah, sure. What kind of internet service do you have? Dial-up, right?
10: Untie
0: me! <laughs> yes, sir. Untie okay. me!
7: Just hang on. I'll untie you after I'm done with the folks over at AOL. Hang on. It hurts. So what kind of deal do you have this month?
0: <laughs> it hurts. I'm sorry, sir?
7: What kind uh, of deal do you have with American Online?
0: It's starting
10: to change. Oh, this is... Uh, Unlimited dial up internet access uh-huh. for the next sixty days. Uh-huh. Uh and just upon trying this one out, we will also give you an overnight clock. Can you please untime and any best wish uh-huh. towel valid for six Somebody months? Somebody help
7: me uh, don't mind him. He'll he'll be alright.
10: <laughs> <laughs> so, it's not do, funny anymore.
7: <laughs> do uh let you hang up? Hello? Oh, st- hello, sir. I am
10: still here.
7: So you, do you just have unlimited dial-up on? Huh? What kind of speeds do I get out of that? For
10: God's sake, take the cucumber uh, out of 80s. you have a current internet provider, sir. Uh, if you have high speed, uh, I can tell you that what we're going to use <laughs> is just the software. Well, I don't know about
7: I don't know about high, but I do have speed.
10: I don't think that was huh. supposed to go a in there. connection. That is correct for DSL. Yeah. So you already have a high-speed connection, broadband connection, right? Yes, ma'am.
9: Oh my God! Okay. The dog is biting so on the right cucumber.
10: Now, we will enjoy your same high-speed connection.
3: Good uh-huh. boy,
9: take it out.
10: A different Ow! Ow. You can use this uh, oh, just it's as bleeding. a backup tool, so, but you can enjoy you can enjoy that fast.
7: Connection. Yeah, okay. I'll f- so I can so basically Why are you, you doing just be. Well, you just shut up before I beat you with a whip. Just let me finish this deal with uh, AOL. You Come on, beat man.
0: me with a
3: paddle.
7: Now, don't mind him. He's okay.
3: <laughs> it hurts. If you can hear me, help.
10: <laughs> it hurts. Yes. As
3: oh, I said, okay? don't don't. <laughs> Please. <laughs>
0: Please take the rope he's, off my he's genitals. He's fine. He's fine. Don't worry about him. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, the cat. Oh.
7: <laughs> so how much money is this going to cost me? Cat a month? cat is
10: clawing my genitals. Oh. If you do have that uh, broadband connection, what I can give you is the fourteen ninety-five AOL software for broadband.
7: Okay, and what? The, okay. So what does? So you basically you're just going to charge me an extra fourteen dollars on top of the uh, the my usual service. You, I do for me?
10: What are you doing with the jumper cables? Uh, sir, uh, you can try this one out. Don't put those on my nipples. It's free. See, everything you can make use of this uh, AOL software.
3: Like uh, our McAfee Firewall Express,
7: which
10: will be a uh, good event. Don't to hook man, that to the battery. Don't.
7: Don't. Come on, man. Sorry. Come on, man. It's not funny anymore. Okay, so you're telling me you'll it's a firewall. Put the jumper cables down, man. Just Put just. the cables down. <laughs> it's not funny anymore. So basically, it's just a firewall I'm going to pay $14 a month for, right? <laughs> not,
10: not just the firewall, sir, but of course... The AOL software. Ah, spur- oh my
13: chest hair is burning.
10: Ah, what do you love to do oh online? My God. If I may just ask, what do you currently enjoy on doing online?
7: Uh, surfing for porn.
10: I'm sorry. What was that?
7: Uh, surfing for porn.
10: Oh, okay. So you can't look at that anymore. You get too many bad who ideas. This kind of uh,
7: site. So, what, so this was, family? Uh huh. You
10: were the only person. It's not a kettle prod, is it? Jesus Christ!
11: Somebody help! Would there be me any out other here. kids
10: using the software? If I may just add.
7: Oh, oh, of goodness. course we'd be using the software. Oh. If we paid fourteen, if we were paying fourteen ninety five for it, you know, I think best use of it would be going to these porn sites because it, it would save me from all the pop ups and all the all the spam and, he just and all, looks at all the reality.
10: Yes, that is correct, sir. Uh, let me tell you that America Online have this uh, <laughs> pop-up control. Uh-huh. Okay, you can just customize it. Uh, we he have keeps a looking at horse
1: videos.
10: <laughs> well, and it's you it if you, uh, uh AOL learns over time what you consider as your spam. Please, program. God, take and this, and this, this cucumber out of my computer ass. Computer, automatically. <laughs> you just have to uh, do that. Teach the software uh, by doing it around three times. Uh, and it will learn um, beforehand what you now consider as spam mail and what you uh, don't consider as one. Oh, as a okay, cool, mail. cool, cool.
1: I think
10: I'm bleeding Adapt out. spam filter, web uh, pop ups, web unlock also. Oh, so Jesus. If you want. Yes? My oh,
0: God. Sir,
7: and, and I get all this for fourteen ninety five. Don't $14. put $15. the cattle prod to my hemorrhoid. Yes, sir, that is
0: correct. Wow, so
7: this sounds for like for a great deal. Oh, oh it
10: popped!
0: It popped! It's bleeding everywhere.
7: <laughs> well, you know, this is something I have to talk oh about my with God. my partner. You know, uh, uh, but it sounds sir. like a, it might—it might be really useful for surfing for porn. There's
8: pus and blood and poop yes, sir.
10: everywhere.
7: You think so, huh? And
10: cucumber chunks.
7: Yes, yeah, cool. Um, is there any way you can send me this in the mail so I can actually take a look at it?
10: Oh, sir, before we get to send you over that uh, software in the mail, uh, I need to verify a few information
7: uh-huh. and generate
10: think... a screen name and a password. I think oh, you're ruined. Oh, okay. So in other, okay.
7: Words, in other words, before I get to see it, I've got to give you a credit card.
10: I would have to ask for oh that, but God. if you're not comfortable in giving me that, that
7: will be okay. That is I'll not never have the prison sex again. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know you, you know, and uh, so, you know, I giving out my cr- sir, giving My mangina
13: my cr- is injured. I'm sorry,
10: sir? Oh, my God, my mangina. It hurts. Is that person okay?
7: Oh, he's fine. Oh. Don't worry about him. He's uh, fine.
10: If call, sir. Uh, you just give me the exact time to give you a callback.
7: That would be fine. Um, I'll be available about 10 o'clock. on my wiener. Oh, sir,
10: uh, I will not be uh, on duty. On okay, work I'm available park. on. That is already a
7: bit late. Um, okay, how about uh, Thursdays I'm available about 6 o'clock? Sure. Will, will you call me back for sure? Sure. Okay, great. So let's say about 6 o'clock Thursday. Oh,
0: stop kicking me right. in the goon ass. Great.
7: Thank you very much.
10: Just make sure that that
7: person is all right, sir. Oh, ah! he, he's fine. He's fine. Don't worry about him.
10: <laughs> my rectum exploded. Right. You take care, sir.
3: Thank you. Thank you. So you. Happy
7: holidays. Oh,
0: my God. You
7: too.
2: Bye-bye. <laughs> 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 she was doing everything that she could to sell us AOL, <laughs> man.